Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, folks? Welcome in. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Jay Cornegay alongside. It is the Odds Makers podcast presented by Superbook Sport, although we should probably call it the Odds Maker because this is, look, percentage wise, I'm just going to say this because John likes to make jokes about certain people's availability, right? I've been here for like, I think this is like, what, a 13th, 14th episode, somewhere in that range. John's missed like two or three already. So percentage-wise, Jay, I don't know if we can rely on John Murray. Where is that slacker? What's he doing? What's his excuse? I don't know. I heard something. I, tea you know time? what? Tea time? Maybe. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He actually might just be, for those who know the layout of our fair city, like right through this wall right over there. <laughs> you never know. There's a you know, golf course right at the country club right here that I think John Frey quits. Regardless. I'm going to text him and say he can have a free drop from there. Have a, actually tell him to send you a selfie with with us in the background so we can see where he's at. Um, how was week 18 for the Superbook? A fascinating week where I'll tell you my theories on it. We touched on it a little bit last week, but uh, a lot of teams that had a lot to play for, a lot of teams that didn't have anything to play for, the results were what for you guys? First of all, the volume is just tremendous. It was really fantastic. They were all up in Adam uh, early in the morning on Sunday, and the ticket count was just through the roof. I mean, everybody was involved. It's a really busy day for sports books. We got a lot of things that, you know, are finalizing, especially of the contest, and we'll get into that, into that just a little bit. But uh, we had a number of contests that uh, finalized on Sunday. So a very busy day, especially for those back there like Ray and Rosemary. You don't want to talk to them until maybe next weekend. They were swamped, you know, posting all those types of results. Yeah. It was, so, and that's the cool thing is a better is like when books like yourself, will immediately cash out results on some of those futures because you're like, all right, cool. I've been waiting all these time. Like the second these games are final, let's get these results in. Let's go, folks. So obviously, we thank them for all of their hard work. Back yeah, there. yeah. That's like before commercial break, too. It was, yeah, nope. you know, the early games, you know, we had, I don't know how many early games we had this past weekend, but, uh, you know, we're posting them as fast as we can. But overall, it was a pretty decent day for us. We uh, were able to get the Lions in. That was uh, basically a make or break uh, game for us. We were up a little bit going into that game, and uh, basically we were going to double it or give more than you know what we had in the, the nest back. So there was a lot riding on that game. <laughs> but there, that game was just gigantic, uh, even though we, we were really hoping for uh, Seattle to lose because we wanted that to be a meaningful game since we had so much on the Packers, a lot of things going on, especially uh, seasonal uh, wagers as well. So that ties into what my takeaway was from last week. So I kind of had a theme with all of the bets that I had made last week, Mm -hmm. and it was playing against or playing on. But these teams that had something to play for, right, playing against them or playing on the teams that had nothing. Because I do think the betting market tends to really overvalue teams in this situation. Green Bay Packers are a good example. The Seahawks, who went to overtime, that I watched in this fair building, by the way, last Mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, against the Los Angeles Rams that had nothing to play for. So I always wanted to kind of, I wanted to bring that up mostly for our listeners, but also just to get your thoughts on it, because you tend to see the market really move in the direction of the teams that need something. But just because you have to win does not mean that you have to cover. And I think the market really freaks out about those things. And thus is better. I believe there's value in going against those teams that actually have something to play for. 
that's true because the, you know especially late you get a lot right. of public money that comes in late and that's when we see almost week to week you know that public money from the last two hours before kickoff really sides to those teams that are really needing to win but you know that line and those spreads that we post we already know the scenario so we'll bump it up just a little bit it's just a tad but then you know once the public gets a hold of it especially the last couple hours before kickoff you know the lines can move a little bit and you can find some value there Odd question before we move on to next week, because you mentioned all the futures that get cashed out. Are those reported as part of like January? So like at the end of the month when we get like all of the numbers from all the sports books, is everything reported there? It's the day it's posted. Yeah, so okay. everything, yeah. So it comes in January 1st. Uh, we didn't have anything Monday except for the championship game. Uh, well, it's a disaster. We all know that. But uh, all those figures, those seasonal bets and everything are posted and fall under January okay. uh, results. You didn't like Georgia smashing TCU, huh? I didn't mind it. I mean, right. I kind of hoping for a, a, a better game. game right. You know, I mean, I was watching basically the second half with my wife. and I was only sweating out the total, which thank you, Georgia. Yes. I had under and you took care of it on your own. So I appreciate that. But that happened like, uh, what, beginning of the fourth quarter into yep. the third. It was finally over. And there, then there was no drama except for the halftime. The halftime was Georgia minus seven. We had a lot of big bets uh, on, on Georgia coming in. And then in game, it just was kind of an avalanche before Game day, 70% of the tickets were all on TCU. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on TCU. And then game day, especially the last couple hours, halftime and end game, it was all Georgia. But when it, the smoke all cleared, we, we showed a little profit, but not too much. Nothing to write home about. Okay. All right. And that includes Georgia as a future prospect yep. as well, yeah? Yeah. Okay. like it. All right. We move on. Wild Card Weekend is here in the National Football League, so we'll start at the top and work our way around as we usually do. We get all the games here, though. So we begin with the Seahawks on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. But right now, 49ers, nine and a half the number, total 42 and a half here at the Superbook. Uh, this has been kind of an arduous journey. Not really. It's, an, I say, toggling between this 10 and a half, nine, nine and a half, 10 mark. But you guys are settling in at nine and a half. Where do we think this ends up by the time we get to kickoff? Full 10, right? I'm a little surprised. I mean, looking at Seattle's numbers, I mean, they've really been sketchy over the last five or six games. Yep. They just haven't really shown that much. And San Francisco continues to pull it off. I I was really impressed by Purdy by coming back against the Raiders. The Raiders were just, you know, that game right there showed me a lot. You know, you got this rookie quarterback. We haven't seen really anybody like that that won his first five starts since, like you said, Roethlisberger, I think, mm-hmm. going back to 04 or something like, something like that. I mean, the guy's been very impressive, and he finally had a test on the road trying to come back from, you know, uh, a deficit. And he was able to pull that off against the Raiders. So that showed me a lot. The Seahawks, just especially the last few games, they're just getting by. A divisional rival. I don't like to lay points, you know, on these uh, playoff games, especially a divisional rival. But in this case, I mean, these two teams seem like they're going in a little opposite directions at this point. Yep. 12 turnover-worthy plays for Geno Smith over his last five games. So that's not very good. Uh, if you're going to commit some turnover-worthy plays, those will likely turn into turnovers against the best defense in the National Football League. And their run defense stinks. So I think that's a really big deal. And much like Ben Roethlisberger, Brock Purdy, not has to do that much. So let's pump the brakes on the Brock Purdy praise, okay? You think? He's good. He's been fine. But I, uh, the I, uh, I, uh, there's a lot of, like, the, we're throwing out, like, Tom Brady's and whatnot. Like, let's, he's oh, in one wow, of the best wow. offensive systems in the National Football League with the best defense in the league behind him. Let's, you know, let's, no. look, let's look at it with some nuance is all I'm saying. He's been doing this without any Debo, too. That's because Brandon Ayuk's a better receiver. Come on. What? Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, a let's better go. receiver? Yes. Really? Let's I think do it's, it. No, no, no. You're right. He's Stop devoid it. of talent. That offense stinks. Well, I'm, I'm, you finally showed up. Like, 
in like two years. Finally showed <laughs> up. <laughs> like, he's finally showed up in the last couple of games. You know. If, oh, that's he right. Have Debo Brandon, weighing him down. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, uh, they would throw it to him more if he didn't drop so many passes. It, uh, oh, that's not fair. Um, in all seriousness, he also does have George Kittle. Kittle, seven touchdown mm-hmm. receptions uh, since Brock Purdy has taken over as starting quarterback. He does like Kittle a lot. He and, does. Uh, I would think that uh, it would be, and the point spread would indicate that, but I think it would be outright shocking if the 49ers were not moving on here. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. And I would assume as well, closes a full 10. Let's go to the Chargers on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can you make any sense of what Brandon Staley did last weekend? with his starters, because as I mentioned, uh, I was here watching this game and every time in the second half, I would look up and see Justin Herbert with his helmet on and prepping and warming up to go back out into a game that meant absolutely nothing. Uh, I was amazed. And I was also amazed to watch Mike Williams get injured and carted off in that game too. They got a little beat up. And now you look at this, you're at a rest disadvantage against Jacksonville, which played the day before. So they get a full week to get ready. You do not, you get a day um, that is knocked off your preparation week. Right now, Superbook number is two, though, in favor of the Los Angeles Chargers with a total of 47.5. It's moved in their direction. Yeah, I don't know what Staley's doing. I, I feel like he's going against the grain. He's a guy that, uh, you know, at first he was, you know, everybody's telling him they should do this, and then he does that, and everybody's telling him, yeah, yeah you should probably rest your players. Oh, no, I'm going to play them. Yep. Especially a guy with like Mike Williams. I mean, that guy is always on the injury report, and we've seen that for the last couple of years. I don't even know why he was out there. It looks like he might play. I'm not sure if he's going to be 100%, but Williams is certainly uh, one of those guys that always has that red cross you know, over his head. I wouldn't have had him out there. It was a bad break on the left. Was it left tackle or right tackle that they, they lost? But um, just a ridiculous thing to do when you know you have a meaningless game i don't know i think it's gonna be pretty interesting as far as these two quarterbacks i think it's gonna mm-hmm. be a really interesting game i'm glad to it's a little later uh late start prime time start on saturday night get to watch these two quarterbacks but uh i i gotta give the edge to jacksonville i mean i think peterson's just a better coach yeah, especially in the playoffs uh trey pipkins who you're talking about the right tackle for the los angeles chargers at the very mm-hmm. least first practice of the week uh he was a full participant the only player who did not fully participate was mike williams and to your point as well Given how beat up your wide receiver position has been all year long, you would assume that you'd be pretty, um, I don't know, take it easy with these guys. Well, especially I mean, the these two guys that we're talking about. Right. I mean, you can throw Allen in there, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's actually been pretty healthy the last quarter of this season, which I'm surprised. But what did he, he missed, what, eight or nine games or something <laughs> like that prior. And we know that he's been on the injury report plenty of times over the last few years and with Williams. So there's no way I would have had them out there. I think Allen scored one of the late touchdowns, too. He was still in there. I couldn't believe it. So uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, coaching-wise, I mean, Peterson has a lot of play. Well, not a lot of playoff experience, but. Got a good amount. Yeah, he has a, a few games under his belt. So I would have to give the edge to Jacksonville. I mean, Chargers got to travel 3,000 miles, too, on top of that. This move here, um, is that just market? Like, hey, market's moving. We'll adjust this. Did you take anything on the Chargers? Because I am somewhat surprised that this is, look, two is not a key number of anything, but I'm just surprised the Chargers have gotten early action this week. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and this is for entertainment purposes only. Got it. 61% of the tickets on the Chargers. All right. Uh. So it's looking like people are leaning that way, at least the general public, but we haven't had any sharp action on it whatsoever. We know the total went up a, a point or so. It's a, it's a high total, but a popular teaser leg. I would assume Jacksonville is getting that thing up to eight. So I know you love it when I mention the popular teaser legs. Yes, I love teasers. Getting through key I numbers. I love booking teasers. Got to get through key numbers, three and seven. You can do that there with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Miami and Buffalo, the news here. Uh, no to a tongue of Iloa. We know that is to, going to be the case. 
Miami Dolphins preparing as if it is going to be Skylar Thompson. Uh, this number has gone, by the way, Skylar Thompson, who John Murray knows who he is and where he played college football at. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, now a 13-point favorite, total of 43 and a half. Uh, this opened up, you know, in the range of about 11 for you guys, and now we're here near two touchdowns. I'm going to just assume, Jay, that with this news and everything, and once it becomes officially official, Buffalo would probably go off as a full 14-point favorite by the time we get to kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the Bills, you know, I was looking at the Bills and Bengals this week, and just, you know, I, a lot of people talk about the Bengals and how well they've played over the last month, but, you know, if you look at the playoff games, you know, they, they really have been outgained by most of those teams. On the other side of that, the Bills. The Bills against playoff teams have really outgained, I think they've outgained every playoff team that they've faced. So I think those are key stats to take a look at. But I think once this is finalized, it's going to go up a little bit more. You're looking at 14. I just can't see Skyler Thompson and company there. I just feel like the Dolphins got hit in the gut as a team. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, they know they just don't have a shot with Thompson back there. Not at this time in his career. Um, Certainly last week didn't show anything that would change their minds. Yeah. And um, Thompson, the other thing, when you talk about uh, quarterbacks like this, turnovers, turnover-worthy plays, I am really interested to see where the total ends up. Uh, you guys here at the Superbook, your total right now has dropped to 43 and a half. But generally, if he's actually going to play poorly, could lead to some shorter fields for Buffalo if they're forcing turnovers and get this thing over the total. But right now, that's the other thing to note. Total 43 and a half for Buffalo and Miami. Seems like a boring game. Pretty sure the Buffalo Bills will move on. I think you're safe okay, in saying right, cool. that. I mean, you know, again, another divisional rivalry kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Dolphins really have a poor history, too, playing up there. I, I just don't see it. I don't know. I just feel like as a team, they feel like they don't have a shot. Yeah. I mean, of course, they'll never say that. Right. It's got to feel disheartening to go to Buffalo with yeah. Skylar Thompson. Well, and then the Bills, you know, got this Hamlin thing going on. A lot of momentum there. Mm -hmm. They're very emotional. Uh, they're going to be very jacked up on Sunday. All right, let's go to uh, the other Sunday matchup. There's three of them. The middle sandwich spot, New York Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings. This just sitting at three, total of 48. Would assume that three is just going to be the number pretty much all week long until we get cut off, and that'll pretty much be where it closes. Maybe some altered juice if you guys get hit one side or the other. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think we can find a split line here and there. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be. I'm looking at the ticket count again. It's really split right now. I I do see a lot of people liking the Giants in this spot, and I can understand why. I mean, you look at these numbers, you look at the team stats on on these two teams, and you're like, these are two playoff teams. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> the stats don't show that at all. And so I don't know. I, I mean, I've got, I kind of like the Vikings at home, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sold. You know, I'm not sure that Daniel Jones can go in there, but they certainly did rest everybody. They certainly are focused on this game. I don't know. I think the number is perfect, really. You know, you're going to have variations of three, mm -hmm. probably this whole uh, last three or four days here, but I don't think it's going to move off three. I do wonder when, if ever, the last time we had two playoff teams face one another, both with negative point differentials. The oh, Giants, right. over the course of their entire season, out, got outscored by six points. The Vikings, despite being 13 and four, have a point differential of negative three. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. You right. look at the team stats, and you're like, these are two playoff teams. Yep. Not only that, but how many, what's the record for the Vikings? That's nine, ridiculous. seven. Uh, well, nine, seven, one. For, oh, you're talking about these single score games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I think yeah. they're like 11. I think it that's might be 11 crazy. or 12. Oh, Something ridiculous. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So, no. Um, I, it'll be interesting. I, I think the general public will probably lean towards the Vikings, but if it gets a little carried away and you start looking at, uh, you know, let's say, 
plus three even money or something like that, I think you're going to see some sharps, uh, you know, on the New York side. Minnesota is uh, 11 and 0 in one score games this season. That's amazing. Pretty incredible. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, it's also incredible because for those who don't know, they actually had a terrible they had terrible luck in 2021 in mm-hmm. one score games. Mm-hmm. So it's like completely reversed here for the Minnesota Vikings. So maybe you know numbers, data, analytics. Yes. Everything finds its level. Normalize. Um, let me ask, can I ask you this question? So Giants and Vikings, I think this is interesting too because when these two teams met, was it two or three weeks ago, Vikings actually closed as four and a half point favorites. They end up going to overtime. They win by a field goal. Now they get the rematch of the postseason and now they're three point favorites. So people always talk about like, I always bring up like market adjustments and how the market moves these numbers or how you're rating these teams differently. It is clear there has been an adjustment here because when they first met, the Vikings were considered four and a half points better on their home field and now they're only three. Right. And I think the Giants, actually the performance of the Giants over the last few weeks has been a little better Mm -hmm. than what we saw earlier. And I think they're healthy for the most part. So I think that they're, uh, that adjustment is right, and especially if you just go off of what the stats were in the final score, obviously, was in that first matchup. It looks like a field goal game. Yep. We move on to Cincinnati, who's going to play host to the Baltimore Ravens. The uh, Bengals, of course, because they get the win in the final week, don't have to worry about a coin flip or anything like that. They're going to host this game against the Baltimore Ravens. Current number at the Superbook, 7 minus 120. So if you want to lay 7 with Cincinnati, you're laying a buck 20. And uh, it's steadily heading in that direction. Opener was 6.5. Total down to 41 and a half. And the news here, of course, is Lamar Jackson, who allegedly faces, as one report put it, an uphill climb to start this game for the Baltimore Ravens. If there's no Lamar Jackson, this number gets to what? Because the steady climb indicates that he's not going to play. The question is just where does it stop? I'm not sure. I, I, it's going to be on the high side of seven. Have we seen seven and a half yet out there? Here in Las Vegas, one shot. But also, you know, they don't, um, they are known for not adjusting the juice, so they'll move to those numbers. Right, yeah. okay. I mean, once we get to seven and a half, what's the big deal? You know, we might mm-hmm. go to eight. I can see it going to eight. I know Cincinnati is going to get a lot of play, especially from the public. And as soon as they find out Lamar's not going, you know, some of these people don't find out Lamar's not playing until game day. Yep. Right. And again, over the last couple of hours, how much is this going to be pushed? The Sharps are kind of pushing the total down. We see that. You know, they're on the total. But I, I looked at this game and I was like, wow, the Bengals have been playing so well over this last month. But then you look at the stats, you know, they're not as impressive when you start digging down into the stats. They've been outgained by, as I mentioned earlier, by the, the playoff teams that they have faced. Even though they've been winning these games, the playoff teams has been very, very close, and they've been outgained a bit. So that concerns me. But Huntley? <laughs> right. If it is him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, something like eight, eight and a half would probably be tempting, you mm-hmm. know, if they can keep it close. Uh, you know, very familiar with one another. Ravens will play probably very hard in this game. It's just a matter of if Hundley can limit his mistakes. Well, and you're also talking about, so a divisional matchup, so you talk about familiarity. If Lamar Jackson is ruled out, that total will probably drop a little bit more. So you're talking about an increasing mm-hmm. number for the favorite and yet a total dropping. It would be an indication that, you know, looking at an underdog in a situation like that is generally the way to look. Right, I Again, guess they, generally. Yeah, the Sharps are looking at it and saying, well, we don't think too much of their offense, but their defense might be able to keep it close. Oh, since they've gotten Roquan Smith, who they just signed, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, he, they've been incredible defensively. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, very much worth noting. And uh, Joe Burrow not has, he hasn't had trouble against Baltimore, but they have made him look average. We'll put it that way. All right, last matchup of Wild Card Weekend, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They will face one another on Monday night. Superbook number two and a half, total of 45 and a half, pretty much where you guys opened here. So I will ask you this question. Is this it? 
Is this the time after Tom Brady and the Buccaneers finally started to look a little bit like the Bucs in the last week of the regular season where they picked apart Carolina, started to get a little bit more explosive, and I should say second to last week, they played Atlanta in the last week of the regular season. Are the Buccaneers going to start to find some momentum here? Does the market start to believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? I don't know. That's a good question because they, you know, you get the Tom Brady effect and a lot of people, you know, have, we've all seen it. It's hard to ignore the past and, and the, the capability of this guy. They've shown a little bit, but each time I watch the Buccaneers, I mean, they look old. They look slow. They can't run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a problem in the playoffs. But the Cowboys look like a disaster. They're, they look like they're about ready to fold up the, you know, the tent, really. I don't know. I, I, I talked to a, a few out there, and they do talk about Tom Brady, and you just can't help but bring up the past and all his success. You just can't ignore that. They did look a little better over the last uh, you know, couple weeks, week and a half maybe. That's a really small sample. But the Cowboys are a disaster right now. I don't know what's going on. You know, I was thinking that they were one of the Super Bowl favorites five weeks ago, six weeks mm-hmm. ago, and now they're not really considered even a top five team at this point. And they've really fallen off. I mean, Dak just can't, what is it, seven, eight games in a row with a pick? I mean, that's a problem. He has some heroics, right, and, and some close games, but just really costly turnovers. I expect Brady to play pretty decent. I don't think it's going to be the Brady of old, but uh, a very close game, again, I kind of like the points at home. Yeah, Dak Prescott has thrown uh, an interception. Uh, and he actually, he's on multiple interceptions in quite a few of these games. Uh, but he's thrown an interception in every game since week 12. Multiple turnover-worthy play games as well over that stretch. Now, that is what has killed the Dallas Cowboys during this run. So, does it close, what, two and a half? Alter juice just toggles back and forth between some you know, some juice numbers, either two and a half or three? Yeah, I, assume that's I the think, case, I right? think right. it's going to hover right around there. Yeah. I think that... I think the public's going to probably be on Tampa Bay side. I mean, this in, in recent, you know, memory. They that's are? what they're going to do. I think they are. I think, I mean, looking at it right now, for entertainment purposes only, 67% of the tickets on the Buccaneers. Mm. You somebody somebody at this table might have grabbed, somebody might have grabbed some plus money with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers right? on the money line. So. Okay. All because of, uh, you know, I'm, there's more anti-Dallas than pro-Tom Brady. Although, um... I have a Super Bowl angle on this game as we uh, talk about futures coming up in a couple minutes. It's time for the big ticket. Hey, Jay, any tickets raise your eyebrows this week at the Superbook? These are all pretty sizable five-figure wagers, and one of them, Buccaneers. There we go. See? Plus three and a half, though. Pretty sharp guy. Pretty sharp guy right there. Told you I was in. Uh Uh-huh. Niners, nine and a half. Seahawks, ten and a half. There you go. Giants plus three. Those are the the ones that we've seen so far. But uh, pretty sizable five figures, and we expect more of those in the last two days. Seahawks, ten and a half? You yeah. guys were at ten and a half, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. All right. You know, maybe snap my head around, because I thought, like, yeah, did they buy a half point? So, okay, you guys no. got ten and a half. We were at a ten and a half for a short period of time. And Dare I say up. that was the number, or that was the bet that maybe knocked it off ten and a half? Um, I, th- I don't know about that. Okay. All right. I'm just asking. Got to ask these questions. That's um, what I'm, I'm here I, for. I, I, Probably. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So <laughs> let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey, guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? Super contest update. Well, it's all over. Uh, it is finished. It is in the books. Atlanta resident Ryan LeGates, a.k.a. I keep getting Ryan. You got to work on these uh, contest numbers. SA 24 7 LLC finishes 60 29 and 1. That is 67%. Gets the first prize. Multiple in-season contests as well. How about that? That's pretty impressive. 
uh, in terms of uh, raking home the cash. And over in the gold, Vokan, I hope I'm pronouncing your um, injury name correctly, mm -hmm. Super Contest Gold winner with a record of 57-32 and one. That's 64%. That is the winner, uh, winner take all. And this is a uh, milestone in the Super Contest Gold, correct? History was made with this winner. That is true. She is our first female winner of Super Contest Gold. We've had a female Super Contest winner, which was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now we have our first female gold winner, which uh, for those that don't know, that is a winner-take-all Super Contest $5,000 entry fee. So you got to have some kahunas to get in there yes. and, uh, you know, put up 5000 But she collects 400000 Not too bad. As far as Ryan, the Super Contest winner, to collect all those winnings from all the in-season contests. And we have 11 in-season contests. And this is what I was talking about when Rosemary and Ray in the back room, we had to post the gold, the reboot, of course, the Super Contest. But we also finalized on Sunday the final three-week contest, the final six-week contest, and the the nine week contest so plenty of contests that were uh finishing up on sunday so it kept those guys busy i uh, i did not get an email from superbook sports about my winnings in the super contest this year oh did i say send that's also just a reference because i know that you get an email for winning money because i won money last year I just want to point it out <laughs> even though this year did not go that well but end of the season did go well and how about this the odds makers pretty good run here at the end i went four and one in the final week of the super contest for absolutely nothing just to get my record above 500 John Murray, though, kudos to John. Maybe this is why he's not here. Uh, he ends week 18, 4-0-1 in another contest. Denver with the push, finishes 56-30-1 on the season, and in 22nd place gets a nice 23K. I'm assuming 20 bucks of which I get. 20? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to ask. Yeah, I'll tell you I, that. I got 40. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, and Jay closes out strong, too. 4-1 in the uh, RJ contest. That was an impressive run by John, you know, especially <laughs> down the say down for you. <laughs> Four and one, I'll take it. Uh, you know, I was trying to defend my crown. You know, my crown was right there, and I, uh, Ooh. I, I tried to chase it there about three quarters of the season. You know, and and it just didn't work out. I was falling behind a little bit, and I chased a little bit and tried to pick a, a couple that I knew some were favoring in front of me, and that just didn't turn out, and I fell far, farther behind. But that's all right. But John's run was uh, pretty solid all season long. Should I got to tip my cap to him because he, he was on a roll the entire season and then finished really strong. 20, what did you say? 22nd, 23rd? Uh, 20, spot? Yeah, yeah. 22nd spot. Yeah. Very. I don't know how many they had, but a few thousand. That was 30, I think. I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's, that's really impressive. Should also mention that Midnight Run won the Super Contest reboot. I also got to mention that, too. So right. we have, you have the Super Contest reboot. That's a prize of $31,200, 32 and 13 from weeks 10 through 18. So got to make sure you hit that because the reboot's obviously a fantastic contest that you can get in next season once we, it comes back. We had NFL season win contest too. My colleague that. Wes Reynolds won that thing. Yes, he yeah. did. Good, Good for, for Wes. Wes. Yeah, well done. How many did he have right? I think, I want to say he had 21. 21 or 22. 21, yeah. 21 or 22 out of 32 yep. in that contest is what we post the over-under season win total for every NFL team. Contestants select over under for each one of those teams, and whoever picks the most winners uh, is determined the winner. And Wes, congrats! I know Wes, good guy. Was that a, how popular was that? In terms of, uh, you know you guys what? are doing we, those more, right? You started yes. the NBA win total contest a couple years ago, MLB win total contest, now NFL. Every year it goes up, JBT. Yeah. I mean, as as far as more and more people finding out about it, you know, so we try to get the word out, and uh, every year it's uh, increased as far as the number of entries. So 
people got to remember that because that is a popular contest. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get out of here, Super Bowl odds, of course, uh, to set the table as uh, the playoffs are set here at the Superbook. Kansas City is the favorite to win the Super Bowl 3 to 1. Buffalo plus 350. San Francisco at plus 450. Again, these are Super Bowl odds, not comfort odds. Philadelphia at 5 to 1. Cincinnati at 9 to 1. Cowboys 12. And then you get to the longer shots 2750 plus 2750 for the Chargers. 30 to 1 on the Bucks. 40 to 1 on the Vikings, as are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ravens at 50. Giants at 60. Dolphins at 80, as are the Seattle Seahawks. Any liability that has stuck out like uh, on these playoff teams that'll get you? if they ultimately make it to the promised land. None of the top contenders. Because liability generally builds up in the long shots, right? Like yeah. that's, uh, I think people are surprised to hear that, but it's the people who are taking some of these mid-range and long shots. If they get to the table, then that's where it builds up. Over the course of the season, you know, before the season, of course, we had those Buccaneer bets that came in. Yep. Almost every operator took some of those. And what number were those at? I don't even remember. I mean, because it was around this 30 to 1, though, right? It's yeah, not like they have like a right massive there, right. edge in terms of the number that they have. But giving out 30 to 1 or 40 to 1, somewhere right around there, maybe it was even 50. But, uh, you know, giving those odds out, your liability accumulates pretty quickly. So Buccaneers, we have some liability on. And then during the course of the season, we're taking bets on the Chargers and Seahawks. Those were two popular teams. And, and not only the general public, but... Uh, we took some sharp money on on those Chargers and Seahawks. So obviously, it sounds like we're in a pretty good spot. You know, we're yeah. looking at the top contenders. I don't see anybody outside the top five, but you never know. We've seen plenty of upsets uh, in the past. I was looking at Cincinnati at nine to one, but then I looked again. I looked at those stats, and they were just outgained by those playoff teams. And it, they have to win at Buffalo and at Kansas City just to get to the Super Bowl. But I did like the way they kind of finished out the season, but against some poor competition. Got him at 15 to 1. Let's ride. Really? I'm in. Let's go. Let's ride. Uh, yes. Thanks. Uh, can I will say, I did add, um, and this is where I, I tie this back to what we were talking about earlier. The potential path of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not the worst thing in the world. I may or may not have added a 30 to 1 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl as well. Because <laughs> realistically, what's going to be annoying about it? It's Dallas, who I think we can agree is kind of flawed, okay. right? Yep. A potential game in Philadelphia against, uh, by the, the quotes coming out of that Week 18 matchup are not good. Jalen Hurts is still injured, according to every single one of his teammates, and they didn't look fantastic. And it's a somewhat weak defensive front that I think they can have some success against. Not the worst matchup of the world. You run into a speed bump if it's more than likely San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. But would you be honestly shocked if Tom Brady won two playoff games and then made it to a title game in the NFC against San Francisco? Well, looking at that path, I mean, I can see them beating the Cowboys. And, and I know, I, I agree. I think, I don't know if they were kind of holding Hurts back. You know, all they needed to do is win that game. And that's basically right. what they did. But I, I didn't hear that. Is that what his teammates were saying? Oh, that? yeah. They were talking about him being in pain throughout the entire game. No kidding. Yeah. Again, they're not going to come out and say it. If you read some of the quotes and the read between the t- lines, I think it was pretty clear that they really wanted Gardner Minshew to just win one of those two starts mm-hmm. so that they did not have to bring Jalen Hurts right. back for this right. game. Well, that makes sense. You know? I don't know. I, I just I keep thinking that the Bucks are going to turn around and go, wow, they look like a playoff team. But even though they won their last two games, I just don't see it. They have no running game, and they're just so slow. Too slow. I, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody outside the top two. Hurts, if he's 80% or 70% or something like that, that's a big problem in Philly. So then you're talking about Purdy? Right. Yeah. You're buying in? I'm no. telling you. Uh, Superbook Sports, just hear me out here. If it's a Bengals Buccaneers Super Bowl, I'd like to go. Just going to throw that out there, okay? Okay. Where is the Super Bowl this year? Arizona. Nice. Yeah, right? Awesome. Right down the road. That's right. 
Hey, by the way, uh, not right down the road, but it might be down the road from you. I hear there's a Superbook event in Cincinnati coming up. Is that, mm-hmm. is that yeah. true? Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're having our grand opening. Yep. Actually, in the heart of Cincinnati, it's uh, Taft's Ale House. You know, we're partners with Taft's and FC of Cincinnati as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're having our grand opening in Cincinnati, uh, local time, between 11 and 1 there. So uh, I'm heading out there tomorrow. Hopefully wow. I don't have any delays or cancellations. Speaking of the Super Bowl, we're going to have some presence down there as well. We're operating in Arizona, so we'll be down there as well. So a lot of uh, Superbook events. You know, we're in seven states now, JBT. Wow, seven. That. That's more than I'm in. I'm <laughs> only in one. <laughs> or whatever household likes to you know, bring it in because Superbook Sports, of course, has a lot of podcasts for you, including the Ozmakers presented by Superbook Sports. So make sure, you, of course, you like, rate, review, subscribe, and out and about Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas, which we record here. Watch, you know, Blackhawk, Colorado every single weekend, every single day. Go out there, watch the games, bet on every single sports you like. And, of course, on social at Superbook Sports, Superbook.com, and all sorts of different states. The seven states that Jay mentioned, I'll have a Twitter handle, so you can go check them out up on Twitter. Until then, we'll be back next week here on The Oddsmakers. See ya. You've been locked into The Oddsmakers Podcast. The Oddsmakers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports, featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Bontor. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network.